just going through the Bible today and thinking about serving the Lord and uh, having the assurance of your salvation. You know, there's so many people get saved or they go to church as uh, young, like I was talking to, to William today about being saved at nine years old. But he said, you know what, preacher, when I got baptized, he said, I'll never forget it. He said, when you baptized me, I was scared of the dark. And he said, I, for all my life up to, uh, to that time, he said, I was scared of the dark. And he said, after I got baptized, I've never been scared of the dark since. <laughs> and I know what a blessing that was just to hear him talk about it. Turn over to Philippians for a few minutes. And I want to bring that uh, to what I'm trying to say tonight, uh, having the assurance of your salvation. In other words, it's like a, a man told me one day I was witnessing to him, oh, you're one of them preachers that believe once saved, always saved, huh? And I said, yeah, didn't know there was any other kind. Amen? Because if you save, you save. If you're not, you're not. It's like I was talking about I never about drowned three times. And if a guy hadn't saved me, I would have drowned. Amen? But he saved me. And so you're either saved or you're not. Now, taking Philippians chapter 1, I'd like to begin reading verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ, in, in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go through the Bible, you'll find that that statement is always the same. God never changes. He never turns around backwards. Notice what it says in verse 2. Grace be unto you, and peace. First grace, and then peace. From God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always and every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the events and, the events and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. Father, Bless us tonight as we study thy word together. We need a blessing from you. And here's some of the greatest verses in all the Bible that keeps us in the blessings. We ask you now in Jesus' name. As, we, as I was going through these verses, if you'll turn over to uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. <coughs> Look at verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now that's assurance. Notice it again, because these, this is a verse right after I got saved to help me know that I was saved forever. The, the middle part of that verse says, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Salvation uh, is, is like I've been trying to tell people 
about uh, when you're leading somebody to Christ, you don't just get people just to say a few words. That's not what it is. It's a commitment to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. I committed my soul to the Lord Jesus for safekeeping. That's salvation. Amen? Now, how you do it, the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord, now shall be saved. That's true. But that's a commitment to the Lord of my soul. Lord, here's my soul. I commit it to you for safekeeping against that day. And that day is a great day of the Lord. Now, first of all, there is a great difference between eternal security and assurance of salvation. And I believe no child of God will ever do anything beneficial for the cause of Christ until he has the assurance of his salvation. The difference in eternal security and assurance, number one, eternal security, this has nothing to do with feelings. Now, I want you to get this. I had feelings, thank God for them. Amen? I don't know anybody truly gets saved who don't have some kind of feeling about when they get saved. But security of the believer has nothing to do with feelings. Eternal security rests upon certain established and sure facts. Jesus died for my sins. That's a fact. And that's been established. Eternal security depends upon God's faithfulness, not ours. Notice what the Bible says here. I've committed unto, unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I committed to Him because He's faithful. And He's never lost a case. For instance... George Washington was the president of our United States. Although we were not there to experience his inauguration, the fact is he was president. Now, history says he was. That's a fact. Now, my Bible and also human history tells us that somebody unusual died on the cross some 2,000 years ago. He was born in a manger. He came in this world, virgin born. That's a fact. That's history. Amen? Eternal security rests upon what God says then, not what we have experienced. God's Word says in 1 John 5, verse 12, He that had the Son had life, and he that had not the Son had not life. Eternal security does not rest upon feelings. It rests upon the Bible, God's Word. Now, such as <coughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now. God always puts the words where He wants them. Watch this. There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus. It does not say there is therefore when I get to heaven no condemnation. It says right now when you receive Christ there is no condemnation in you. Romans 8 verse 33. Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You can accuse me, I can accuse you. If we walk around and watch everybody every day of our life, you'll find something wrong with me and I'll find something wrong with you. And we can accuse one another. But the Bible says, who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? Why? Because it's God that justified, not me, not you. Romans 8 verse 34. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died, yea rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. God's work of redemption is good enough to secure perfect salvation for the sinner who trusts Him. Christ's work of redemption is a finished work. 
God the Father offers eternal life, everlasting life, to all those who believe in Him. John 3, verse 36. It's not temporary or nor uncertain. It's everlasting. Now, this is eternal security. Now, watch this. I have eternal security. It's done. I don't go back there. I don't pray even, Lord, save my soul tonight. I don't have to pray that. That's already done. That's a finished work. It's over with. Now, I might get doubts and fears in my life. That doesn't change the fact I'm still born again. Now, watch this. When it comes to assurance of salvation then, what is assurance of salvation? Assurance of salvation is an experience. It's, a, it's an inner consciousness of confidence that is a right relationship exists between our soul and our God. Now, <coughs> God wants you to know that you are His child through faith in Christ Jesus. Now turn over to John just a minute with me. Book of John, just back up a little bit to the book of John. In chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I want to look at two verses. Verse 12 and verse 13. <coughs> but as many received Him, to them gave He power to become the Son of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, somebody said, I believed in Jesus, and so I did a work. I did it myself. I believed in Jesus. No. Look at verse 12 again, and you'll see this only by grace. But as many received Him, to them gave He power. Amen? God even gave you the power to believe. Now, so, uh, when it comes to assurance of salvation... It's never pleasing to the Lord for any child of God to have doubt and lack assurance. Our salvation is not, I hope so, or maybe, or perhaps. It's a no-so salvation. I know in whom I have believed. Now, going a little step further, salvation is always everlasting or eternal life. It is not temporary or conditional on our part. It's not what you do after you're saved that keeps you saved. It's what Jesus has done for you. Go with me to 1 John. Now, I read these verses to myself many times, but I love to read them to people that are saved and have doubts and things going on in their mind. But in 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 13 and verse 14. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Now, you take Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, Hebrews 10, 14 through 23, read all those verses together. And what he's saying here in the book of 1 John, not just the book of 1 John is written that we may know, but all the Bible is written. In other words, when I read the story of David, what's he talking about? He's talking about salvation. And you read the book of Adam. I mean, read the story of Adam. He's talking about salvation. Everything in the Bible has to do with salvation of a sinner's soul. And so God said, I wrote all these things that you may know 
the other night I was sitting just by myself in the living room and watching a ball game and I got a hold of my Bible. I turned off the ball game. I began to read David killing the giant all over again. And then I followed him up and his, his boys killed the other giants. He killed all the family of the giants. And I, I was reading that and I, it just made goosebumps all over me. That God gave that little boy power to defeat the devil's enemy. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Now, this is not language of uncertainty here. Isaiah 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Do you ever lay your head down on the pillow and you go into sleep, and you have thoughts about heaven? You have thoughts about uh, just people that you've led to the Lord or are associated with in the Lord and you're thinking on them and what are we going to do when we get to heaven? Listen to this. Let me read that verse over again to you. Now this is God's Word. Isaiah 32 verse 17. <clears throat> and the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness quietness and assurance forever. Isn't it sweet to lay down your head on a pillow at night not knowing if you're going to wake up in the morning or not, but you have that sweet peace of the Lord. There's nothing like it in the world. This is not man's righteousness, but it is the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel. It is the righteousness of Christ. God wants us to come to the place Paul came to in Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. This is the no great, so great salvation Paul spoke of. Paul often spoke of so great salvation. God wants us to enjoy our salvation, not just hold on to the end. Now, my daddy always used to say to me, uh, hold out to the end, you'll be saved. And I said, yeah, I know the Bible says that. Amen? But that's during the tribulation period. That has nothing to do with your salvation. That's holding out to the end of the tribulation period. Going through the devil's wars and things. And there are going to be some that get saved during that time. They come right on through it. God tells us that. And that has to do with holding out to the end. You don't hold out to the end. God holds you out. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Look at John. Chapter 10. Some of the most precious verses in the Bible when it comes to assurance of salvation. Verse 26. But ye believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now, how anybody can read those verses and think you can lose your salvation is beyond my reason. Now, listen to it. There are several reasons why people do not have assurance of salvation. Some make profession of faith in Christ just for a fire escape. And what I mean by that, uh, they, the gospel is accepted, changes lives, but I've seen many a person, uh, they just don't want to go to hell. 
and they'll pray a prayer and think that that's going to get them to heaven just praying some prayer. Now, let me give you something. They accept Christ as the Savior. They know He is the Savior, and they just want to accept Him as a fire escape. Now, if you'll notice something, Paul says here, in much assurance, in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. So, uh, some make profession of faith in Christ just for keep going to hell, and they doubt their salvation. Unconfessed sins robs one of his salvation. 1 John 1, verse 6 and 7. Uh, we make God a liar if we say we're not in sin. And that's little foxes spoiling the vine. Little sin, so-called, rob of our assurance. It's like I told you, this one lady called me every once in a while, and she's a Christian, she'll let out a cuss word right in the middle. Oh, that's, uh, that's just a, a little white lie, or just... Uh, yeah, excuse my French, that's what she said. Excuse my French. I told her one day, no, that's not French. Amen? That's cussing. Any way you want to go. And what she's got so used to saying those things is just in a conversation. It just flows out of her. Now, listen to me very carefully. Those little foxes spoil the vine. If you do the little things, it leads to more things. And you'll lose the assurance of your salvation. You know what gives me an assurance of myself? If I slip up and get mad, and I do often, and when I get mad, the Holy Spirit says, don't you do that. You behave yourself. If I say something that I ought not to say, the Holy Spirit said, don't you do that. You're a child of God. I have the witness of the Holy Spirit in me, and I confess that immediately. Say, Lord, please forgive me. I didn't mean to do that. Amen? And forgive me of that. Now, if you do that, then you keep your surety salvation. But if you just go right on and, and do it over and over, that'll rob you of your assurance. Some rely on their infant baptism. Parents having been baptized as a baby, believing baptism washes their sins away. I asked the young fellow that I was dealing with this morning, I said, Do you know what baptism is? He said, Yeah. You get in that pool up burning and wash your sins away. I said, you ain't got enough dirt on you to wash off of you. Amen. That water can't wash your sins away. And I explained, I said, let's go back over it now. I want you to see something. The Bible doesn't say one thing about that water wash your sins away. And so I, I never forget to preach up in Jacksonville one time. A lady came and said, called him and said, uh, do you do infant baptism? And he said, if they're qualified, I do. And he said, you bring your baby and we'll see if it's qualified. So they brought his, she brought her baby to church. And he said, let me ask you a simple question. Can your baby believe? She said, well, no, he's too young to be bad, to believe. Then he said, you're disqualified. Amen? There's qualifications of being baptized. And the first qualification of being baptized, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? And so, when it comes to infant baptism, and get this, you cannot believe the number of people that when you talk to them about being saved, that's where the Catholics are so hard to lead to the Lord. 
in saving faith because they remember that they went through catechism, they went as a little baby, and they were sprinkled when they were a child, and they were taught that that saved their soul to wash their sins away. That's nowhere you will not find one record of baptisms of babies in the Bible. Not one. There's not a baby in the Bible that was baptized for salvation. So here's what I'm saying. These things, if you practice them, that we just went over, it'll cause you to not have that assurance. You'll get doubts in your mind. So what you do, don't do it. Don't let the devil come in and start talking to you and say, uh, put doubts in your... How the assurance... Eternal, eternal security depends on God. Amen? My eternal security depends on God. He saved my soul. But my assurance of salvation depends on part on me. If I, if I keep on uh, practicing little sins, little foxes nipping the grapes all the time, and it gets more things and more things in my life, and after a while you'll get to the place you'll wonder if you ever saved or not. And I've dealt with people that's been there. And I've seen them come back to the Lord when they realize why they lost the assurance of salvation. They didn't lose their salvation. They just lost the assurance of their salvation. I had a, uh, I forgot now, a lady that used to come for years. And she'd come forward one Sunday and she said, Preacher, I don't think I'm saved. And I said, well, for goodness sake, what makes you think so? Because she's a faithful member of the church, always here and involved in church. And she said, well, I just doubt my salvation. I said, go over it with me, please. Do you remember somebody sitting down with the Bible and showing you how you know in the Scripture you're saved? She said, yes. I said, when was that? She gave me when, exactly how it went down, and everything, where she got saved, asked the Lord to save her. I said, the problem I believe with you is you don't have the assurance of your salvation. Something's come up in your life, and you got involved in it, and now you're doubting your salvation. She said, yeah, you're probably right. I said, well, wait a minute. Just in case where you were saved back there or where you get saved right now does not make any difference. What does make a difference, you make it right now. Amen? And I said, let's, let's go over the whole thing again. And now, do you really want Jesus to be your Savior? She said, yes, sir. And she prayed and asked the Lord to save her. Now, where she got saved there or where she got saved way back there makes no difference. She is now. Amen? But living in that distance between the two of never going to bed, never resting, always doubting, always in fear of meeting a live God, I ain't going to live there. I settle that. Amen? And that assurance is the sweetest thing on the face of the earth. Stand with me, please. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you bless us as your people, that we can rejoice that you do the saving, but you also do the keeping. And Father, I pray that you'll help us remember that when we go through hard times. Bless your people, I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's sing something. I want to sing one more. Word. All right, 229. I like that one. Everybody sing page 229. 
This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't be at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have a friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't be at home in this world anymore. Let's sing that last verse. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their song is sweet as praise, just back from heaven's shore. And I can't be let home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. Heaven's not my home, and Lord, what do I do? to the house because last night about 10 o'clock I made me a banana pudding and I forgot about it and I put it out in my other refrigerator in the garage and I went out there a while ago and I said meh I'm sitting for after church <laughs> and God's good Father go with us on our way home watch over us in Jesus' name we pray Amen Thank you for being here